Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. TV shows and movies and video clips and maybe TikTok videos in the future. Who knows? And tell you all about them. I am your host, Fernanda, the mayor suit with cute little anchors in it, Prachis. Uh, and I am joined. <laughs> bit of a mouthful there. Really tripped myself up with that one. Uh, and I am joined by my beautiful, amazing, awesome co-hosts slash fellow attacking squalluses. Alby chalkboard drawing of shark shark attack hunk tears. Hi, Alby. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> I love the direction we're going in with our nicknames today. And also, Danielle, smile, you son of a bitch, Riandu. Hi, Danielle. Hi. As you uh, may have noticed. From uh, the, well, the literal description of the episode, but also <laughs> our lovely nicknames. This week, on you love to see it, we are talking about the Steven Spielberg classic, Jaws. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish. But I'll catch him and kill him. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Before we get into it, I will read a description of the movie. Not that we need it. I feel like everybody's kind of <laughs> aware uh, as a general concept of what it's about. But according to the description in Rotten Tomatoes, When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England tourist town of Emity Island, police chief Martin Brody wants to close the beaches, but Mayor Larry Vaughn overrules him, fearing that the loss of tourist revenue will cripple the town. I have no idea how that could ever happen. Not relatable <laughs> at all. Um, Ichthyologist, uh, I'm guessing that's the word, Matt Hooper and grizzled ship captain Quint offered to help Brody capture the killer beast and the trio engage in an epic battle of men versus nature. 
Like, we had the Wikipedia description, too, but I just feel like this one is so much cooler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it gets added a little better, I feel like. Right? <laughs> and, like, epic battle of men versus nature. It's so, it's very engaging and true. Um, and I guess let's start, as usual, with the first scene, which is the segment of the show where, wherein we introduce the movie and we talk a little bit about our own experiences, our own history with it. So I guess let's start with you, uh, LB. What is your relationship with the movie Jaws? Uh, to me, for most of my life, Jaws was the song that my cool <laughs> uncle did when he chased all the kids around the pool Aww. and also the shark that pops out at you at Universal Studios. <laughs> uh, I watched it for the I watched it for the very first time. Uh, for the show. Oh wow! Yeah, that's right. We we had talked about it. That's interesting. That should be a little a fun little journey. Um, it was. And Danielle, what is your history with it? Oh, I have a long history with Jaws. I think if you live in New England, I grew up in New England. It's in your kind of cultural DNA, like okay. that Jaws is a thing. Because you grow up going to the beach, you grow up like eating seafood and going to the beach and basically being in towns like this. Like this is where you go on vacation if you're not like wildly rich, I guess. Like this is just like what you do. You go to like New England coastal towns for like your vacation when you're little. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it many times. One of the best times uh, was definitely watching it in San Francisco at the sort of classic theater there. There was an organist who did like the full Jaws overture. Oh, that's amazing. The movie. It was really, really awesome. So that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a movie theater was actually watching it during July, like with an organist and stuff like that. But I've seen it many, many times, uh, many, many, many times. And actually, the one thing I'll say is it's really interesting to watch it right after watching Duel, which is Steven Spielberg's first feature film which is about like a you know we've talked about it since we we did it but it, it's about like a an evil truck <laughs> so like the same it's yeah the same it's, movie, it's kind of the same but with the movie. truck and no, yeah. it's not, it's not it's not a dude's rock movie but it's not a dude's rock movie. Okay. yeah it, it's, it's like the prototype of this which is so fascinating but yeah i've watched it so many times and also spent a lot of time on the ride at universal studios and actually had a nightmare about falling in the water in the ride and being damaged not by a shark but by a giant uh, uh, you know, <laughs> robot. That's a realistic fear. It was much scarier. It was much scarier to me than the shark. So here you have like it. Long we, history. Like, pool statistics. The likelihood right? of that happening is probably bigger than getting attacked by a shark. I'm just. I'm no scientist. So scientists, please don't right. uh, hate me for this. I'm just throwing it out there. Your movie experience is almost. As cool as my coolest movie experience, which was watching The Room in Toronto and throwing plastic spoons at the screen. But that's oh, incredible. For another time. <laughs> uh, my relationship with Jaws, it's kind of like LBs, like a childhood hearing of the sounds. We used to play Jaws at the pool and yeah. do the thing where you like feel like pretend you're being dramatically pulled underwater by a shark. Like they actually do in the movie, but I hadn't seen it in Portuguese. The name is not Jaws; it's Tubarão, which is shark. Oh, very, nice. yeah, very objective. I, I'm into it. I feel like you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but it just like it was just a lot of childhood references to it and to the little song and everything else and then i also went to the ride 
for because I went to Disney World for my fifteenth birthday, and I saw the the fake shark before I actually saw the movie as well. But I did <laughs> watch it in my early twenties um, and was blown away. Uh, we'll get into it, but I just like I remember not expecting such a good movie because it's one of those things that happens, right? The movie becomes such a big part of like. Mm the cultural conversation, like canon, that you yeah. kind of forget that it exists exists as like a piece in itself. And I remember just being like, oh, this is actually a good movie. Who would have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, rewatched it yesterday for the first time in a long time. I didn't remember a lot of what had happened uh, for us to, to do this show. So... I guess we'll start with uh, the fun little game that is deciphering Fernanda's notes, um, also known <laughs> as the, <laughs> the plot <laughs> of the movie. I love that it was already starts with like the music, right? Yeah. Like we're underwater, we know something's about to happen because the whole theme of the movie, and that's why it's so... Now I feel like it, it looks a little overused, but like, like, or cliche to do that. But I think that for this, it works so well that we knew shit's about to go down whenever the little song starts playing. <laughs> but we start with, you know, the underwater shot. So we know that something evil lies within those waters and uh, people are at the beach hanging out and being happy. And, you know, it's teenagers and they're drinking and they're smoking and they're having their fun at the beach. Uh, almost like a Luis Miguel video, apart from the very oh. scary creature yeah. <laughs> surrounding <laughs> the situation. There was a little flirtation going on between, you know, a blonde girl and a blonde guy. The blonde girl playfully runs from him. He runs after her. She goes in the water. And what is a, and what is a very... <laughs> realistic uh moment uh she's screaming for help while he sleeps <laughs> yep he just completely falls asleep i i like every time i watch this i'm always just like funny really <laughs> like you're going we'll to get it. laid there's a hot naked lady skinny dipping and inviting you to come have sexual relations in the gorgeous beautiful moonlit water and you're gonna lie down and fall asleep and she's gonna die you are useless. You're useless. <laughs> what the fuck? You're useless. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm so okay. mad every time. <laughs> I don't know he if he would have been a lot of help. Sorry, Elby, go ahead. He would not have been any help. He would not have been any help. Like, as somebody who would have done that in you my would call, have fallen in, like, asleep. In, at like 18 or 19, I fell asleep in some of the worst places. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, in New England, like that crossfaded New England passing out moment. Okay, cannot be <laughs> underestimated. <laughs> Never been to New England, so I'll have to take your word for I it. I passed out in my own urine in a botanical garden in the middle of the day. <laughs> I mean, listen, I passed out on a jujitsu mat a couple days ago, so I'm not trying to like judge okay. too much. Well, you were being choked unconscious, weren't you? You were being choked true. unconscious, and you, yes. and you were being cool. But <laughs> if, but if a hot, gorgeous lady was like, "Come into the water," I would have gotten up real fast. I'm just saying, yeah. like, where's his motivation? I'm just yeah, this it's is... gone because he's fucked up. He's wasted. <laughs> <laughs> well. His laziness ultimately saved him <laughs> because he didn't yeah, go I guess in that's the true. Home. It's and, true. Uh, so again, my <laughs> lesson to everybody, don't aspire to things. Don't do things 
Things get you in trouble. Uh, do what this guy did. Uh, he falls asleep, but long story short, and, and it's like a kind of a long scene, right? We see the shark dragging her around. There's a little floater, which was also like a big image of my childhood. What is the yeah. name of the little floaty thing? I don't know. The buoy? Buoy. I'm sorry. Like where she, gonna... she hangs onto it, right? Sorry, yeah. I'm just from New England. So I don't even know buoy. anything about anything. I just know what that's called because New England. The buoy. Um, I'm but playing yeah. the language card. The little floaty thing, uh, aka the buoy. And it's a it's really sets the scene for how scary the whole situation is, but we don't see anything. We only find out that she actually died. Well, we can <laughs> presume it, but we only find out later when they found find her remains. Um, but before that, we get introduced to the key, one of the key characters in the show, who is the chief of police, who looks exactly like somebody who would be the chief of police. That was perfect (laughs) casting. Uh, he absolutely looks like a cop and his dog (laughs) also looks like a stuffed animal, but that's just a random observation. And, uh, (laughs) there is... Uh, a scene at the beach where, you know, a distressed police officer uses his, like, whistly thing to notify danger. And that's where they find the woman's remains. And we've established somebody have died. Somebody has died to what seems uh, to be a shark attack. And we go to the precinct and we find out that this poor chief is not used to dealing with big, big things because everybody in town just comes to him for, like, the dumbest fucking problems. <laughs> The karate school in New York City, right? Yeah, the karate school karateing the picket fences. fences. (laughs) I love that. I do love like I do love any time like I'm watching a thing and it's like oh it's a small sleepy town where nothing bad ever happens. But now that I'm watching, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to the town. And now I'm like oh yeah, (laughs) bad things happening to the town. Yes, and I get to witness this moment. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, but he does write. When he's typing in his little typewriter thing, he does write shark attack as the cause of death. So you can see that some shit's about... He's aware of the situation, that some shit's about to go down. And then we also find out that the town town is really calm because they like try to find beach clothes signs and they don't have them. <laughs> so it's like, None. Because all anybody does in this town ever. is go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and he's told also that there are a bunch of Boy Scouts swimming. Um, so, like, we, we under, he, he has some urgency about the situation. And then that's the moment where we get the, the, the mayor and the bureaucrats, right, dressed like bureaucrats. And they're talking about how Amity is a summer town, and that means they need, this, they need the summer dollars. And if the people can't swim there, they can go swim in other towns. And um, they proceed to come up with other unreasonable reasons why, for why the girl was, you know, the girl who was clearly eaten by a shark was not eaten yeah. by a shark. Um, and they want this to avoid. Whole... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. They want to avoid. Go ahead. The 4th of July panic. That was just pretty much it. This whole subplot of, like, the town not wanting to close down and not Mm -hmm. wanting to close the beaches, this hit so hard for, like, (laughs) in right now. Um, And just, like, I'd be like, no, it wasn't a shark attack. She got chewed up by a boat motor. Happens all the time. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Like, we can't. Like we, we can't we can't like start a panic because then no one will come here and we'll just be known as the shark town. Yep. Like don't you can't you know you can't shut down the beaches. It's yeah, 
<laughs> I, I'm just like flashing back to I'm just and I'm also thinking like of Universal Studios, which was yeah. where Gavin Newsom, the mayor, uh, sorry, the governor of California announced uh, that California was reopening in this like nightmare oh. image. If, I mean, it's like the trolls and minions and like a universal like California's back open for business and like Delta's going crazy. And we're uh, like, like Danielle and Paul, you live in New York. Um yeah. New York is handling stuff pretty well. Um, California is not. Is not. We've yeah. got. To, yeah, yeah, like that. He celebrated with the minions that mask mandates were removed. And uh, now there's like surges and they brought the mask mandates back. But just like, I don't know, just thinking like. Yeah, absolutely. I so get that. I so <laughs> like that. Is, that's just life. That is life now. It hits I, different. Right? It's different. Like in, yeah. in I the mean, it, it would have been. They should have had a little Jaws with the minions, like doing right? a little dance. Like, ooh, it's safe. <laughs> I'm Come gonna to kill California. you. Hang, yeah. hang, hang. <laughs> it's, almost, it's just as bad as the flu. What's the little shark attack? Barracuda right? flu. Right? <laughs> it's just a summer cold. <laughs> right? You yell flu, people think, oh my. You yell <laughs> COVID, and then you have a panic. <laughs> it's very God. like. It's it's fucked up and it hits different and it's a, it's so real. And I also remember in sorry that I went to film school. I, this won't be a film school thing, but I do remember hearing about it in film school that like Enemy of the People is one of the main influences on Peter Benchley's novel. That was like the uh, oh. the source of this, mm-hmm. like which what happens in that is play. It's an Ibsen play about the mayor of a small town like panicking about not getting money from tourists. Basically, <laughs> like that's kind of like what oh, sort of happens centrally there right so it's it's very much like yeah this Dude. the central evil of mankind kind of thing like there, it, it does kind of become man versus nature in a in a very real way and it becomes like very much like a hunt in the second half of the movie but the first half of the movie is this dance between this really mm-hmm. isn't safe and yeah. oh but we gotta make our fucking money <laughs> yeah i gotta keep buying my suits with the anchors on them like it's very like the, the suit dance with the anchors on it's like a highlight for me but yeah i can all i mean i, I would forgive wear it. him for the rest but it's <laughs> i like, would wear it <laughs> it's in the pros list but it's not a long pros list like the crime right. <laughs> outweigh but the suit with the little anchors is beautiful yeah that's that's to me yeah. i actually wrote in the notes not sure why but this kind of resonates because the entire response to COVID from brazil was oh but the economy we we need to yeah. keep the economy yep. going like from the start and like danielle said it hits different i think i don't remember but like i'm tempted to think that watching it for the first time my reaction was kind of like why like of course that wouldn't happen like if the mayor knows that there's this like people eating shark in town he's gonna close it he's not gonna risk like people dying and then it's like hey okay um <laughs> yeah. but uh people do risk people dying who would have thunk it again um <laughs> but, so right. basically the beach is not allowed to close they're having and we cut to a nice day at the beach and there's discussions like there's a real 10 lady talking about real islanders which was also interesting to me and kids playing with this with dogs and the lady in a floater living her best life and you know we have oh, this whole she situation. is vibing oh my god <laughs> every shot of that lady who's just like fully asleep in that floaty is like oh she's having a great day she's, she's living it up 
for unfortunately for her in a very dangerous situation and the whole thing of the scene is just setting it up to the way that we know that the chief is concerned right because every little yeah. thing that happens he thinks it's an attack and meanwhile everybody keeps coming to him with like dumbass complaints which just really makes me think that i never would like to be a chief of police in a small town but uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think it's just a bad a bad scene no matter i mean like yeah yeah bad scene all around bad scene, bad scene. yeah what do you mean it's, it's very the movie or like is the being, vibe? A being a cop oh no the scene oh, itself is very good the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, scene yeah, yeah, is yeah. good the yeah. cop life is a bad scene the cop thing. no the, cop the scene's thing. great yeah, yeah. oh bad word choice sorry about that no, no this, like the way they establish the town is really i mean it's like oh, this is like premium steven spielberg era right oh, yeah this yeah. is like <clears throat> to me like his best his best moments um yeah. like close like between close encounters and duel and like 70s spielberg hell yeah but yeah they establish like the humanity of this town and like that it's these very silly concerns that everybody has and everyone's you know like who you know you have to live you don't no matter how long you live on the island if you're you have to be like a, are you a real local or not mm-hmm. I don't, yeah it's just like stupid bullshit that they're all worried about while like they are in incredible danger and then uh this is right when this is when there's the they think there's a shark and it's the two kids with the little cutout which is the fake out before jaws shows up i think that's actually a little bit later later. yeah or is that later okay yeah this one there's actually uh it's swimming it's bad hat harry that's who it is it's bad hat harry who has the swim cap (laughs) <laughs> that oh, yes. looks a little bit like a fin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. The, there is an attack. Like, there are several false alarms, and a kid is attacked, and people see blood around him. Um, and, like, Alex. we don't necessarily know what it is, but then there's a creepy little yellow floaty thing that washes up to the beach. And that's the mom who later confronts yeah. Uh, yeah. the chief. Yeah. And, uh, and there's, again, another ominous scene. Like, another scene that I feel like we can all relate because they do the the press conference in which he announces, like, that he's going to close the beach for 24 hours and everybody just f- flips out for the money they're going to lose. And it's like, dude, a child literally just... Like, the ball in town front meeting? of your face. Yeah. That, that, the town meeting scene where uh, Robert Shaw does his, like, monologue yeah. is... Like mm-hmm. that's that's like a scene like bet- like I knew da 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 and then I knew that like Robert Shaw monologue and that was what I like that was the Jaws I had been exp- and like a few quotes but the way this scene is like yeah everybody's concerned about their money everyone's concerned about like the the town economy which makes sense because like as we have seen uh, if your shit gets shut down due to disaster no one will help you yep pretty much. Here. It's no one bad. will help you. It's You're all just bad. Fucked. It's just all bad. fucked. Like, um, yeah, the the character. Sorry, the character's name is Mister Quint. Quint. The, yeah, the and then we and then the, so they're all bickering and squabbling, and then you get Quint's like scratching down this chalkboard that I guess he's drawn a shark attack on or something. <laughs> I, I assumed he had done this like adorable stick figure drawing of somebody getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> And just goes into this, like, 
You all beautiful, know you know like, Irish monologue. Yeah, <laughs> about like, you know, being this grizzled old seafaring guy who kills sharks. And it's like, okay, this this is so local politics meetings. Though. Because <laughs> yeah. if there's anything people love to do at like a city council meeting where there's like, they open it up to the public, people love to just like go up and give a speech. Yep. Because at first I was like, this is so silly. Like, mo- this is like this is such a great dramatic monologue that's just being delivered in this silly little meeting. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. And he talks you know about, what like, happens. The shark like doing shaking and tenderizing. It's just such a gnarly little. It's so great. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> so cool. It has so, he- so quickly. Was he not, was he literally not nominated for anything for this? Or was is his, uh, is his Wikipedia just not? Mm. not complete because like if he didn't get any awards for this performance i'm pissed because that's the thing right like the grizzled uh veteran who in this case happens to also hunt sharks and he would do it for 10 grand by the way which i think is a bargain to be perfectly honest for the level of peril he's about to put himself in like it kind of is a stereotype now, but I think like at the time it was probably very, very, it still is. He's amazing. He's like one of the, obviously I, I wouldn't call him the best character on this show because I love Ho- the show, the movie, because I love Hooper a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> he, he adds a lot of flavor to the, to this situation. Um, yeah. And the, yeah. He wasn't nominated for anything. What the fuck? It's He's wild. so good in this. This is such like a, like a shoe in like best supporting actor type of a performance, whatever. He went uh, unappreciated just as for Robert Shaw. Okay. Justice for Robert Shaw. He wins Probably. our award for yeah, best he didn't. Oh, oh my god, veteran. Paul just said, uh, despite the film's mammoth box office returns, Robert Shaw <gasps> did not earn a penny out of it. He was facing heat from the IRS for tax evasion, oh. and due to working in different countries, had to forgo his salary to make amends. That's oh. uh, and he died oh. shortly after making this. Yeah, oh no, this is the real tragic yeah. story. That's honestly uh, also another hyper specific podcast that we could do. Just like tracing the life of Robert Shaw. He's so AKA good in this. Quint. Uh, he's yes. so good in this and he's so like, he's a type of guy. Like he's definitely playing it up, but the salty veteran New England fisherman is a real actual type of guy. Like in real life, not just in movies, but in real ass life, there are dudes like this. I think there's some ladies like this. Maybe there's some envies like this, whatever. But I just know there's like, there's people like this for real. And apparently, we later there find was out a local like a fisherman. War. Yeah, we oh, later yeah. find out yeah. he's a war veteran who, like, yep. has actual shark trauma, which yep. makes a lot of sense. And he also delivers that story masterfully. So yet oh. another reason why he should not have been uh, overlooked for an award. But um, getting back to our to our story, um, yeah, there's another attack with, well, there's two guys on a boat they are they end up on a fishing deck and in the meantime the, sh- the chief is looking at scary shark pictures uh <laughs> i love <laughs> this to find out yeah. about sharks i guess or freak himself out which uh relatable i do that too but the the <laughs> thing is that we, that's kind of like i think the idea to really show the strength and the power of the shark right because the shark pulls like half the deck out of the yeah. 
rest of the deck. I don't know how decks... Maybe they're very architecturally flimsy and that's not such a, <laughs> a huge deal. But looking at it, I was like, oh, so that's when we understand how strong the shark really is. And there was also a lot of suspense because the guys like narrowly escapes uh, the shark while the little Joss music is playing. Just a very, uh, very intense scene. And shortly after that, that we get introduced to another key character that I mentioned, who's Hooper, uh, played Hooper. by Richard Dreyfuss. And um, he's a specialist, like a scientist type, which ends up making for the best dynamics on the movie, in my opinion, which is him yeah. and Quench, right? Like the college-educated rich kid who has a seedy hands, and uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the grizzled veteran who has seen, who has stared at horror in its face and has come out on top. So it's a pretty, pretty cool little duo, in my opinion. But they have a great dynamic. And it's yeah. very funny because Richard Dreyfus is such a little, like, he's like a feisty nerd. Mm-hmm. But he's like very feisty at yeah. every moment. Like he's always like, I don't, I don't want to get beat up for this, but I'm telling the truth. Like he's always <laughs> like, he always has like his little quips and his little like, hey, I'm going to do the thing. Like he is like in a little adventurer. Like there's just something very charming about like, yes, he's a big nerd. Um, and he's like a shark expert, but also he like likes to do the thing. And so he yeah. gets really ruffled by saying like, I've never, I haven't had to, you know, pass basic seamanship in so long. And like he... It's really kind of kind of funny because it's like, oh, the two types of guy on the water, you know? Yeah, he's also dressed like a <laughs> film school student the whole Bull. movie, says Paul. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and like it, he says, right, he doesn't need the money. Like he's doing it for the passion of, of talking about squalosis. I don't know the science, but I was reading some of it and like, because he an- analyzes the remainders of the first girl who gets killed, right? And makes up, says all these scientific names of things. And um, I was reading... Quite radius. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading something quickly. That's the thing. I didn't really dive deep into it. But, like, that it was, like, close. But, like, not really a thing that happens. Or the theory about the rogue shark, right? Because that's the whole thing, like, that this is a shark who, like, doesn't live communally and, like, develop the taste for human flesh or whatever. And it is my understanding that sharks don't really like human flesh, which, by the way, is rude. Because if you're going to kill me, like, at least... (laughs) (laughs) Eat my flesh. At least enjoy it, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you're used to eating fish, I feel like people are... It's not going to taste good. Because, like... Yeah, if you're used to eating that, like, good North Atlantic salmon, <laughs> like, I don't want to eat people. Yuck. But they also eat good. seals. I had, I'm, I mean, seals probably taste great. Right? <laughs> I, I don't they usually think we are seals. Isn't that the thing? Like, they think surfboards, like, reflect the way seal skin does and things like yeah, that. That, that was sense. my understanding. They actually think we're something else. They go up for a bite and they're like, oh, that's disappointing. I also, that's also mine, but that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like our collective understanding of sharks is so based on pop culture or things that, like, I saw once in a show. (laughs) (laughs) It's all Shark Week on Discovery Channel in 1994 when I was 10. That's what I know about sharks. (laughs) And it stopped there. So, like, all the developments in shark science since then have gone unacknowledged. There's, like, some big guys. They eat a lot of fish. They swim around. They have a lot of yeah. teeth. They have a lot of teeth. They can smell blood. 
yeah. and smell blood. Yeah, I mean it's sure. Or is this just know? from? Uh, <laughs> is this just from like Finding Nemo? Is that what I also think I know? I've never by seen Finding from? Nemo. So oh, okay. <laughs> I never. Yeah, I just like you know they're sharks. <laughs> Uh, they have little ones, and you can pet them at the aquarium. <laughs> yeah. and they're so cute, and they're related to manta rays, maybe. Um, and they I are watch... that I didn't even know. Yeah, and sometimes I watch like the uh, the tanks at uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium YouTube feed, oh. Um, oh. which is really good. They have live YouTube feeds of some of their tanks. I got really into that like during lockdown. Nice. <laughs> we all have our we all have our escapes. I love the aquarium. Aquariums are great. great. I've always wanted to pet a shark. And also a beluga because they have the little soft thing. Like I always wanted to pet the soft thing. You can't pet a beluga. I don't think you can pet a beluga, but you can definitely like come pet some sharks in Long Beach. Like bonnet Uh, sharks, right? The little ones? Yeah, little tiny ones. When I go visit, we're going shark petting. Like it's going to be a moment for us. (laughs) I feel like they have very smooth skins. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, But this shark is not a shark to be petted. We've we've established this. This is a mean shark. Actually, it's not a mean shark. It's a shark doing its thing. These people are just kind of stupid. Minus the kid. The poor kid did nothing wrong. Yeah, the kid did nothing wrong. (laughs) Honestly, they really... Sorry. Oh, well, no. I mean, they they, like... Richard Dreyfus establishes, like, if you just get out of the water, the Mm -hmm. shark will leave. Yeah, right. Because there won't... The the food source is gone. There won't be food, yeah. And so the shark will go away. And, and like, they just refuse to do that. Yep. So the they have down. to hunt the shark. Which is also like very, I don't know. Like, if we just did the thing, <laughs> it would go. If we just right? stop, if we just stop, <laughs> the bad thing will go away. But the bad can- thing, <laughs> but we can't stop. Is the thing. So people are just going to have to die. We can't stop, especially on 4th of July. Especially so on 4th of July. It's unfortunate that this is happening on 4th of July. Uh, we can't, like, just build a carnival or whatever. It would be so un-American <laughs> of us to let this shark disrupt our, like, our ways of life. You know? Like, we're honoring our country. Do you want us to not honor our freedom? I mean, like, how ironic. It's it, Oh, my God. What, it's... I just looked at my calendar. It's 1984 because you're telling me I can't swim. I can't choose to swim with my children in the water just because there's one man-eating shark that might eat us. You know the chances of the man-eating shark actually killing you? Yeah. Just because of it's that? Probably just, it's probably just a small shark, first of all. Everyone's blowing it out of proportion because <laughs> yeah. of the communist agenda. <laughs> the anti-shark mandates are just communism. Yeah, like, Think about the economy, number one. And also, like, isn't the timing a little suspicious? Fourth of July? July. (laughs) Like, George Washington would roll over in his grave if he thought that I would ever stop swimming and having fun just to maybe save my life on Fourth of July. Because of what? So why don't you think about that, you Bolsheviks? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, see ya. I'm going to go swim. (laughs) I'm going to go swim into a shark's mouth. Because it's my body. Because I'm free. And I'm my free rules. to do that. I'm free to swim into a shark's mouth because this is America. Oh man, I love it. If you don't want to swim with the sharks, it's your choice. Yeah, but I'm not afraid of a shark. I'm not afraid of my own shadow. 
I read, I literally read that one. That was amazing. I'll be you deserve an Oscar for that. That's incredible. We're, we're gonna <laughs> that went out to you, Robert Shaw. Robert you Shaw and LB. Yeah, you yes. and Robert Shaw delivered. Now it, it used to be Robert Shaw, but like the best monologues in Jaws history. And now we're adding you to this uh, illustrious uh, Hall of Fame. Thank you. It's beautiful. Uh, but yes, that is exactly <laughs> what happens. They're really, really hesitant to just do the thing that would save them and instead decide to kill the poor shark, which did nothing wrong, essentially. I mean, he killed some people. That's not cool, but he is a shark. He doesn't obey by our human rules. But um, where are we next? Yeah, Hooper is like trying to convince the people of why he's needed, uh, of why his expertise is needed. But obviously the mayor... um, is all skeptical and they uh, he says I my favorite part of him because it's like the favorite the pettiness that I aspire to when he tries to warn a few guys not to go in the water and they go and it's like oh they're all gonna die and just turns his back to them <laughs> and leaves it's so <laughs> fucked up it's I wish so I- <laughs> evil it's so fucked up I, I yeah. wish I could approach life with this kind of levity <laughs> I tried. Right? And <laughs> and Brody tells his son to go in the safe area. He tells him, oh, go mm-hmm. in the pod, which is still connected to the ocean, but it seems yeah. like it's more protected. He's like, oh, it's for a lady. And okay, the kid is the only one with a proper New England accent in the entire movie. Seriously, no joke. The only one who's doing New England is the older boy. Is the Michael. chief's kid? Oh, okay. Yeah, the chief's kid. It's for all The ladies. younger kid looks like a horror movie kid. Like, legit. He he's does. Like, he looks like a poor child who's about to be eaten. It really is. Like, <laughs> he looks, he's a scary little child. I'm sorry. I know that's not a, a good thing to say about children. I'm sure he grew into his face, but he looked very weird. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, small infant, for this gratuitous attack uh, of you in this shark movie. I'm sure you, you're, you're, I hope you're thriving. But yeah, there's the, he puts the kid in the pond and there are a bunch of boats in the water. And uh, there is basically there's um, I am absolutely lost at this point because there's the he does the like, like autopsy thing. Hooper, he sees the body, yep. talks about like the radius of the bite. He kind of can establish that it it is a, a really big shark. Uh, and another shark ends up being captured. Which at the moment we don't know it's a another big shark, right? We just think But we know no, it's totally obvious that it's not yeah. the right shark. Yeah. Because we saw the it's right shark. It's not big shark. enough. And also yeah. the it's not big enough one. Number two, there's so much more movie left. And number three, <laughs> yeah. our our shark expert, like adorable nerd king. Richard Dreyfus says this, that's not the shark. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I don't know for sure it's not the shark, but it's definitely not the shark. <laughs> like, and he says like a funny chance. line. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to get beaten up over it. Like he has this, again, he has this awesome so little, cute. there's so many good moments of overlapping dialogue, which was so like in vogue at the, yeah. you know, film school brats, like kind of thing. Like, yes, this is like the thing they did at this point, but it works so well here. Cause he's like, it I don't want to get beaten up over it. And it's like, Oh, like he's so feisty. He's like, he's a little guy and a little nerd, but he's feisty. And I like it. It's really, he's a great character. And I do love in the next scene that he actually just shows up for dinner. Uh, <laughs> the Brody's very depressed. Brody's very depressed because he does get, uh, you the know, approached of, by the yeah. mom who really does kind of fucking tell him off a little bit, which, you know, I, you know, she's right. Like, I know he, it wasn't really necessarily his fault because he was told a lot of bullshit by a lot of assholes, but, like, and it the really... And wouldn't it, let him, like, 
yeah. close things. Yeah, so it's, it's like, really the mayor's fault, but still, like, you know, the buck stops there when it comes to, like, safety reasons, right? That's yeah. his job, technically. So he Yeah, and he's having dinner with his little creepy child, and he relates. His creepy child and his gorgeous wife, um, and, then, and then Richard Dreyfus just shows up with two bottles of wine in his little suit. And, like, it's so clear what he wants. He wants to cut open the shark and, like, confirm that it wasn't the shark kind of thing. He's polite, um, though. Like, if you're crushing dinner, like, you bring wine. Bring and wine. Two bottles, wine and red, white and red. So, like, right? good on you, Richard Dreyfus. for, like, right? I would love for him to just drop by with two bottles of wine. Like, right? And tell me about sharks. <laughs> right? Getting drunk then, so he can come into my workplace and yeah. cut open a shark. That's amazing. That's my idea of a good time. Like, have a right. little wine, get a little that buzz, is like, cuddle up That's when we get into, like, the true guys being dudes at this movie. Oh, um, yeah. Which yeah, is like, things. yes, this is a horror movie about mm-hmm. a big, big scary shark monster that does kill, kill a, ch- a literal child uh, and a teenager and uh, just, you know. Okay, another guy, town. too. And yeah, another guy. Guys. Yeah. Some guys. Yeah. And, yeah. like, one, and also one, like. One of the great guys, I'd say. One of the like, best we're talking guys. about guys being yeah. dudes, like yeah. a real, a real travesty to the guys being dudes community. Um, yep. Jaws destroys, <laughs> but like, <laughs> also this movie is about guys being dudes and like going on an adventure and the John Williams score swelling yep. as you're on a boat with the fellas, and like this is the beginning of that when they're like drunk and they're like, yeah, let's go cut open that shark and look <laughs> inside, and like uh, Richard Dreyfus just like getting. It, just going in on those shark guts. Oh my! Oh. Imagine pulling stuff like, out. It looks like a smelly endeavor. The odds. Oh yeah. Shark. Oh, and the noises yeah. too. It was so well made. And then he pulls out a license plate, and that's how he figures <laughs> out where the shark was. It's amazing. Uh, truly really majestic good. animals. And another innocent shark killed because apparently that wasn't the shark since we've spoiled yeah. it. That wasn't the shark, everybody. That was just a shark that, <laughs> that shark some, like, did nothing wrong. And trash. That, yeah. yeah, that was just a poor shark just passing by, wrong place, wrong time, like became the escape the world for a better the place. town. Eating um, garbage <laughs> so we don't have to deal with garbage. That shark right? was basically like collecting, like, like you know the, the like, you know, set like when Sebastian Vettel was like just picking up trash in the, yeah! in the like that's what that trash was. That was the Sebastian Vettel of sharks, and they fucking killed it. I can't believe they killed Seb. Yeah. Oh, oh. we didn't appreciate him when he was alive. That's that's yeah. the true lesson of this movie. And then we open his stomach, and uh, I don't know. We get a license plate. There's some lesson there, you listeners. Yeah. You figure it out. Don't like, be lazy. You see, like, oh, look at all you did for me that I didn't appreciate. Like, you yeah. ate this license plate. <laughs> that was just going to be, you know how many years it takes for a license plate to disintegrate in the ocean? Several. So let's <laughs> one pour one out for this poor dead shark. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they go from there, right, to to Hooper's, like, fancy boat that has cameras under it. Oh, like, yeah. The scariest scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and, like, the, and the chief is, like, totally drunk. <laughs> They're, like, yep. at night at this boat with, like, a killer shark out there, and he's just drunkenly rambling on a boat. But it was the 70s. <laughs> like, they had a different... It was, it was a different time. A different idea of safety. We also... <laughs> We also established that he's afraid of the water, which is like yes, a whole yes. thing. And there's like a great bantering about like why why the hell did you like move to an island if it's you're afraid of the water, island? dude? And it says it's only a li- an island if you look at it from the water. 
which is an amazing uh, little line. Such but a yes. good line. But yeah. yes, this we find out at this moment that he has. Oh no, we actually found out at dinner. His wife told everybody that he had a, an issue with water. Yeah. He was traumatized near drowning. He's, he's drunk yeah. on a boat, um, looking for a shark, as one one does as one finds itself <laughs> in this situation. I mean, who among us? If I had a nickel, um, <laughs> they and there's to me the creepiest scene in the movie happens there because yeah. they find an abandoned boat and Hooper like puts on his little like diving suit and jumps in and goes to investigate it and he's like under the water and there's like a hole and he's like with the little like lantern and he looks inside the hole and out comes a human head ah suspenseful music and it's very creepy (laughs) i imagine watching it at the movies though because it was so it's such like a little jump scare little moment oh paul Paul, our producer just said legit scared the fuck out of me me too i was like yeah Kind of scared. I was watching the movie by myself and I was like, okay, it's was not expecting this little severed head moment. Uh, but yes, they the trip is fruitful. Um, the autopsy is fruitful and they come to the mayor to try to explain that not only do they have a shark, they have a great white on their hands and that they do need to close out uh, the beaches. And that's when the mayor is wearing the little suits with the little anchor. Um <sighs> And there's, but you know, there's still a fun day at the beach. The mayor is telling the camera that everything is great and everyone is thriving. Again, a little throwback to the aforementioned moment yep. <laughs> with the minions. <laughs> <And> <laughs> behind him, all hell is breaking loose. And that's the moment of the fake attack. Okay. That's yeah. when that happens. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they spot a fin, and the fin turned out to be like two kids with like a cardboard. Finn and everybody's just like terrified goes jumping running out of the water they realize it was a hoax but of course while the hoax is happening the real shark is out there in the pond where of course the chief's kid happens to be playing and we see also a leg being dramatically like <laughs> dropping to the <laughs> to <Yeah>. the bottom <laughs> uh that's I honestly, like, I keep thinking, I wonder how, like, then this kind of, like, scene in a mainstream movie was received. Because it's, like, pretty, I don't know, pretty graphic. This is yeah, there's some PG. It's really graphic. Yeah. And 100%. Shark, and shark attacks are creepy. Because I remember, like, watching The Beach when I was a kid, the DiCaprio one. Yes. And there's, like, a shark surrounding, and there's, like, a big shark attack. And I just remember, like... That stuck with me so bad. Like, it seemed to me that the worst fate of a person was being attacked by a shark. So I can only imagine watching this movie and seeing, like, severed heads and severed legs just casually on the screen. I would have been freaking terrified of sharks forever. Um, This is before there was a PG-13 rating. Oh. Um, It would be a later Spielberg movie. I believe Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first PG-13. But this was PG, and it was, like, parents strongly cautioned kind of thing. Uh okay yeah like you might scar your children for life but you know do you (laughs) yeah right (laughs) exactly you probably give your children like cocaine so what the fuck like that's it's so it's fine yeah (laughs) it's the 70s different time different time (laughs) the kid does ask for coffee when he's at the hospital i'm like is this a little child like is this okay oh coffee ice cream is coffee ice cream oh it's coffee flavored ice cream which is like a special thing i had to take it back i was like it's a very new england thing Really? It's very new. Coffee ice cream? 
Oh, really? it's like the number one flavor in New England. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought, yeah. so do they not eat coffee ice cream other places? No, they do. It's just extremely like the, oh, you know okay. how like, oh, the most popular flavor is like vanilla or strawberry or chocolate. It's like, no, in New England, it's coffee. Okay. Coffee. And we also have coffee flavor. milk. Yeah. Yes, oh, but like, like kids tend yeah. to not respond that well to coffee, to my knowledge. But Except for in New England. Ice cream is different. Okay. Okay. I'll, right? I'll allow it. We're, we're weird because we have, we do have a delicacy called coffee milk. Okay. Uh, That's weird. That's fucking weird as hell. Coffee milk, I will not, I will not sign off on. It tastes like, (laughs) legitimately, it just tastes like melted coffee ice cream. That's what it tastes like. Oh, that sounds good though. It's delicious. Coffee flavored ice cream then. You can do that. Yeah, that's fine. You know. But I can't We don't judge. Yeah, you could warm, you could have warm coffee milk if you wanted to. Wow, now I we're really just, just want coffee flavored ice cream now. now this episode good. brought to you by <laughs> coffee flavored ice cream. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've established very important things uh, now, but I think yeah. we unfortunately have to. We move should on probably move on in yeah, the sorry. story. Um, but I do appreciate that we have established our coffee preferences. Uh, but the, yes, the kid is in the hospital because he has. He's in shock, basically. Maybe because he saw a human leg. I don't really understand what he sees in that scene, but he's freaking terrified. And fortunately, the mayor finally agrees to giving, you know, the money and letting them find the shark. Um, And they go to Quint, who remains very cryptic and saying some things that I don't understand, like swimming with bow-legged women. I don't know what he said there. He sings a lot. <laughs> sings a lot of sailor songs. Yep. yep yeah, yep, he's yep. like a seafaring drunk guy. And they always, yep. they love rhymes and singing and just kind of being chaotic and <laughs> hard to listen, hard to understand. Yeah, understand a lot of things he said yeah like, and i didn't put on captions because i wanted yep, to captions. be authentic oh. to the experience <laughs> okay i watched it with with captions in english okay but the best part was because whenever the music happened there was a little thing like uh suspenseful music increases yeah! <laughs> and little things like that and that actually added to the experience so i will, nice. <laughs> I will recommend it uh. but uh yes they decide that they're all gonna collaborate to find the great shark. And that's when we had the aforementioned little moment with Hooper and, and Quint and Quint kind of like looks down on Hooper for being like stuffy and a city boy and having money. And he scoffs at Hooper's little shark cage. Uh, rightfully so we would later find out. Yep. <laughs> uh, it says cryptic things. Uh, and they set out to see to the portion of the movie that really becomes the men versus nature part. I love that the, the chief dudes when, rock. Dudes yeah. really rock. And then the wife, who I think is like an underrated character, like she's very yeah. much a voice of reason, but she asks the chief about like, what do I tell the kids? And he's like, tell them I'm going fishing. <laughs> really amazing. Uh, a great, a great one-liner. There's a lot of sea banter that follows between. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hooper and Quint, which is amazing. He says something like, "You college wealthy boys don't have the education to admit when you're wrong," and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of right. Like that's kind of yeah. <laughs> He ain't wrong about that one in this case for sure. Yeah, and there's also like a lot of just wonderful, wonderful moments. So, like this movie, the only thing that I consider even maybe a negative, and it's not like really a negative, but it's more mm. like there's some like. 
truly wild tonal shifts, and there's mm-hmm. many of them. Yeah. Like, it really does go from being, like, very much a funny, goofy, like, you're kind of making fun of, you know, different random people in New England and doing all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. to, like, a child is dying. Like, actually, like, <laughs> that. You know what I mean? And, like, some, some yeah. of that, I think, works, but it just keeps doing that. And we have a lot of that in, like, goofy, hilarious moments on the boat. Like, it's, like, fully slapstick. Brody is a city boy who doesn't even know how to be on a boat. And he's just, like, learning how not to die on a boat. And he has to, like, slop the chum and things like that. While the two, like, various types of guy on a boat, the, like, overeducated guy and the, you know, grizzled vet guy are, like, having their macho, like, beer-crushing contest, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. So there's, like, a really lovely interplay uh, among the three of them as they go about their shark hunt. But there it, there are times where those wild tonal swings for me, I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> what's what's happening, buddy? I think sometimes they're great and they like, catch you off guard. Yeah, but sometimes, right, yeah. But sometimes I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. So, oh, I yeah. guess like there was a whole, like this was a novel first. Yeah. Um, and then the adaptation like the transformation basically from this, from the novel to the movie that we end up seeing was pretty dramatic yeah. um, where like, it's basically, like, I mean, I haven't read the book, so I'm just going off of what I read on the computer, but the computer <laughs> tells me that uh, they're pretty dramatically different. Okay. And like that, yeah, that's Steven Spielberg basically didn't want Jaws to be super dark and didn't okay. want it to be like a bummer sea hunt thing. Okay. So he got uh, a, a comedy writer who wrote for The Odd Couple, uh, the sitcom. Mm-hmm. To, wow. Like, punch up the script, basically. Okay. I believe That's it. I believe it. Um, yeah. 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 So like there's a lot more of uh, that, which makes sense, like why there's so much like adorable banter and like. You know, literally this like uh, this fun opposites thing with yeah. uh, Quentin Hooper, and I guess Hooper's character is completely different. They changed the character completely when they were writing the script, and then they cast uh, Richard Dreyfus, and then changed the character even further to make it more Richard Dreyfusy. Oh, okay, wow. that's amazing. Okay. That's a good call. Yeah, it was a good call because he is like adorable. Yeah, I yeah. love him. I literally wrote in my notes, I'm like, is Richard Dreyfus hot? <laughs> My Honestly. lifetime of watching Richard Dreyfuss movies, I'm like, wait a fucking second. That's a good question. That is valid. Honestly. That is valid Honestly. because I, maybe it's the film student look. I kind of have a weak, like a soft spot for, spot for that. And he knows a oh, lot yeah. about sharks, which is, and he's so enthusiastic, which is very cute. That's true. Uh, oh, says, he's also like, Paul or. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, he's also very hands on and adventurous. So he's like, not just like the nerd. He wants to get his hands dirty and he does many times get his hands real dirty, which is like a really attractive quality. And he rocks. But yes, go ahead. Which is, no, I was just going to read what Paul, our producer, just said that Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss could not stand each other and argued all the time, which resulted in some good tension between who and friends. So I love uh, that. That's awesome. Like people hate each other more. It makes for a good movies. It's just like Dirty Dancing. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh, the Vin Diesel method, according to... See? Like, so many people uh, yes. hated each other in real life. Made for a good on-screen pairing. So maybe find someone you hate and do a movie with them. It's gonna be successful. Honestly. <laughs> the... <laughs> Uh, to me, the most interesting, one of the most interesting parts there in the boat, and I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail unless any of you two want to, just because it's like a lot of action happening, and I don't really feel like it's a. It's hard to describe. Endeavor. 
yeah, it's hard yeah. to describe with words because it's just like it's this very it's this I think like the tonal shifts in the section of the movie are really, really well done. Yes. Um because when, you have these alternate mm-hmm. it kind of alternating between this high suspense and hunting and like, you know, action bad things happening to the boat. And yeah. but then them bonding and yeah. drinking and like these funny moments and these like again the John Williams score, which is fantastic, like yeah. you know, majestic adventure feeling. It it feels really like big, but also intimate and also suspenseful, but also fun. It's like a really like it's it's very it's it's very Jurassic Parky. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Just in in terms of like balancing all those things where you're like freaked out, but also having a great time and like excited. Yeah, and there's call. Yeah, there's like one moment about like on the tunnel shift too that works really well because he's there. It's the moment when um. Uh, the chief is like throwing things like fish in the water. Like yep. it seems like such a casual thing to do and nothing is really happening. And then we actually see the shark like head on for the first time. Um, yep. And the, the contracts, like you do get a little bit of whiplash and it's right before the iconic line of the, you're going to need a bigger boat, which I always yep. thought was, we're going to need a bigger boat, but apparently it's, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so that was, yeah. A nice little discovery. And that's when they can really gauge the size of the, the shark. Like, it weighs three tons. And there's the heroics and stuff. But, um, yeah. And then there's the, the moment where we get the backstory from Quint, right? When he talks about being in the war and, like, jumping off a ship. And there were, like, a thousand, a hundred, eleven hundred men. And only, like, three hundred and something made it out. Because all the other ones were eaten by sharks. And uh, yeah. he was just there. Uh, and he could have been eaten, but he wasn't. He was rescued, which to me makes it a very like Doctor Romano. I don't know if any of you watched the R kind of story. I I know what you're referring to because Romano Even I like, don't know it that well, but yeah, Romano lost his arm to a helicopter, and then he gets killed by a helicopter. <laughs> to me, it was like yeah, it's very <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of heroics ensue uh as they try to chase down the sharks and they start combining the things right that that's when the dynamics also play and like they start of using a little bit of like quince methods and a little bit of hooper's like more scientific methods they what another very smart choice for me was the yellow floater because they're yep. dealing with a subject that you can't really see right but with the little yellow like floaty things again i don't know the names of things the buoys um, i think buoys. these are just <laughs> barrels oh the barrels. floating barrels okay yeah but i think that was really cool right because like the shark is underwater the entire time and the like the movement of the yellow like uh barrels really does create that sense of suspense like i i thought it was just a smart solution um yeah and the boat is he, the shark hit the boat there's water in the boat the boat is sinking hooper gets in the cage to try to go and conf- like pull it up venom uh, poison in the the shark's eye or mouth underwater that proves to not be a great plan because it's a tiny cage and apparently a little flimsy for uh that huge very strong shark and uh things are falling apart and it's very tense and that's when uh one of our beloved characters meets their end uh, which was a very kicks very the bucket. scene kicks the bucket yeah, yeah the yeah. quinn uh, quint gets um 
eaten basically and the shark jumps yeah. aboard the, the the boat like he jumps onto the boat and was it is able to grab quentin it's a very again very graphic very tragic little death yeah it's fucked up it's <laughs> fucked up um <laughs> Yes, but that's the. Fortunately, we knew one of them had to die. <laughs> like, I know. Into, like, there's no way they're gonna let us keep all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, not all three can't live. It's just like the triangle of like you know cheap, fast, well done, right? Like, but it's just one of them's gotta go. You know, <laughs> one of them's gotta go. And Quintino lived a full life. <laughs> he did seen things. He's done things. So it's like it's less. It's less tragic for him. And I, I know there I mean, is and he's like, it's sort of poetic justice because, well, it's not because it really is a commentary on the cycle of violence because he was truly traumatized by shark attacks mm-hmm. when he was younger. So he spent his whole life hunting sharks. We saw his like lair, all the dead shark, you know, all the jaws that he kept. And like, and then he finally did meet his end by shark. So it's like a very, you know, it's like sad circle of life kind of shit, you know? It is. Yeah. I hadn't even thought yeah. about it. But yes, that's unlike Dr. Romano because Dr. Romano did not chase helicopters his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Secret <laughs> underground life of just destroying helicopters. He like, draws helicopters on whiteboards and like crosses them out with red crayon. Like. <laughs> that's a missed storyline for ER. That's all I'm yeah, saying. We yeah. could have had like Dr. <laughs> Romano Rambo situation like bringing on choppers. But you know... Um, uh, the whole thing is, yeah, Quint uh, dies, and uh, the situation is dire. Uh, Hooper is that was actually able to <laughs> escape the shark in the water by like kind of hiding. He um, hides in a rock, in a rock underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, kind of cowardly, but I can't blame you because <laughs> if I'm can't the blame him, yeah, a great white. I'm thinking yeah. that's. That's what I do. Um, And, you know, the chief is left in kind of a dire situation because the boat is uh, sinking and he holds on to the little, like, the end of the boat. And uh, there is a big confrontation between the chief. And it's also poetic, right, that the chief is the one who is ultimately tasked with He's afraid of water. He's afraid of water. There he is. But he makes it to the end kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or final girl. Is our final, final girl. girl? He's the final girl. He is. He is. And he says, right. he says the line that I named myself after, which is a line that my sister and I like. We'll just call each other up on the phone and be like, "Shmah, you shut up, bitch!" And then hang up on each other. Like we do this all the time. So like so that line has a special place in my heart. That's amazing. Yeah, he could. That's the thing. He puts the the explosive. It's like a, an air tank, right? That he puts in the mouth. Yeah, that compressed air that he compressed almost air. like blew up the boat because he stumbled <laughs> earlier. So he knew. He really knew about that compressed air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gambles puts the compressed air in the shark's mouth, tries to shoot him at him several times. And another thing, we keep calling the shark him. I feel like that's not fair. Who says it's a him? Right? I feel like right? it's just because like, like the shark is powerful. I feel like it's problematic. Murderous. <laughs> I mean like female sharks murder too. Really? Why do women sharks kill? Like break that glass ceiling, woman shark. Yeah. Is she supposed to be at home feeding the Jaws children? is a is Jaws a girl boss now? Just, like, <laughs> oh my make god! Oh my god, she is. She, she gets is, she it is. done, okay? She knows what she wants. She leans she right dead. into that boat and eats that man. I love oh it. Oh my god. 
love it. It's an unfortunate ending for our girl boss, but she broke a lot of barriers uh, along with yeah. several other. A lot of very objects. physical, literal barriers. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, she does meet her demise uh, by the end of the chief, who is eventually successful in uh, blowing her up. And yes, and Hooper reappears, floats, and finds the chief holding on to I uh, the thingy thing in the boat. Like crow's nest moment. Crow's nest, maybe. Yeah, it's like a piece of boat. It's a piece of boat. It's, it's a like piece of boat at that point. Yeah, let's, do, let's yeah, settle yeah. for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll play the Brazilian boat scrap. Card. It's a boat scrap. <laughs> Yeah, a scrap of boat. Yeah, yeah there I you think go. it was what we would call mastro in Portuguese. See, I know, I know <laughs> words, okay, people. I just know them in my <laughs> original language. Uh, uh, but yes, and they, <laughs> they both made it. They're alive, and they attach themselves to the little yellow barrels and swim away to the beach yeah. in a very they have a happy way. ending. They have a happy yeah. ending. It's a pretty little. I mean, I don't know because that's the thing. There are sequels, right? Like I have, I don't know what they're about. I don't have any interest yeah. in them. I know the I'm chief assuming is it's different sharks. Yeah, because this one exploded. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's exploded shark. I always think. I promise this will be quick. I know we have to wrap up, but I promise. I always think about like what does Richard Dreyfus see that makes him think? Oh, okay, good. Like, he's hiding behind a rock, right? And he doesn't hear anything, so he doesn't know that the chief, like, created his plan of, like, okay, we're going to blow it up with the compressed air and the shotgun. Like, all of a sudden, he just sees, like, raining pieces of shark, and he's like, oh, cool, I'll swim up now. Like, just what was his cue? You know what I mean? Like, I just constantly think about that, where he's just like, I think I'm safe, guys. I see chunks of shark meat just Maybe he ran around. out of oxygen. Like, maybe it was just a necessity thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he's just like, I gotta come up someday. <laughs> I guess I can't just, like, become one with the ocean. <laughs> right? Um, yes, that's the movie. It's got a somewhat happy ending in that the shark is gone. Uh, not so happy in that people were killed, including uh, a literal child Quint. and a teenager and Quint. And who knows? Oh, the poor and random guy, guy in boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. But that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I don't know. I kind of I really love the movie. Honestly, I think it runs a little long. It's two hours and something, but I think by the end it starts to feel a little long. But I do love that. I agree with LB. Like, it's a very much dude's rock situation. And I, to me, just got a little bit of everything. It's got a little suspense, a little action. I think it's engaging. I don't know. Any of you have any other observations before we wrap it up? Uh, Yeah, just that, like, it really is dual, but with more of a budget. Like, it really just feels like, oh, it's dual with a budget, and also has this like that comedy element. Whoever whoever mentioned it of like, oh yeah, the the writer that was hired to like add comedy to it. It's like it makes a lot of sense now. But yeah, I enjoy it, and it also is like, oh, this is a piece of New England that I could just like share with people if they want to know where I came from. I can just be like, look, this this shit, this this shit. This is what I grew up with. So here you go. LB, it was your first I- watch, right? What did you? I thought it was great. Uh, I really liked it. Really good movie. Like one of Spielberg's best. I think it's much, I think it's a better movie than Jurassic Park. Um, mm. I think my favorite is still Close Encounters and oh, Jewel. So and, yeah. but yeah, this is like, a, this is like, and now a, like a trinity with Close Encounters and Jewel for me. Of nice. Like really, really nice. good juicy 70s Spielberg. And I guess all I have to say is there are 19 works on Archive of Our Own tagged Brody Hooper 
I would like wow. that number. You that number should be higher, folks. Let's bring that <laughs> up. Let's, Let's bring, bring that, that up. up. Let's get to work. Because if this movie had come out like in the 2010s or now, we'd be living in a completely different uh world of people being in like just going wild for this duo. And I'm shocked, wow. honestly, that like the people who write like mash slash fic haven't gotten into this. <laughs> So people Incredible. who do that. That's my directive. That's my directive. <laughs> You're all listening to this now. Please get to it. That's the only yeah. thing we ask. We give you this get amazing content and we ask you for very little in return. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess that is it for our Jaws episode. The beginning of our Creature Feature Month. Um, yeah! Yay! I'm very, Woo! very excited for it. I feel like we have a nice <laughs> selection of, like, all kinds of creatures, of all kinds of um, different... Uh, how do you call it? King- we call it kingdoms in Portuguese. But, you know, reptiles, mm. fishes. Maybe yeah. we have mammals. I don't even know. So stay tuned, because it's going to be fun. Uh, next yeah. week... We're watching Shin Godzilla. I don't even really know what that is, but you all sounded so excited. <laughs> and I yeah. think what is Shin Godzilla? It's a 2006 Godzilla movie. It was actually um, directed by the same director as Evangelion. Neo okay. Genesis Evangelion. Yes. So, like, it has a lot of uh, a lot of love and a very interesting approach. I have never seen it, but I've seen parts of it, and I know it has an interesting approach. To the Godzilla like monster movie kind of formula, so I'm very excited. Oh, and I'm excited now too that I know what it's about. But I knew it was about <laughs> Godzilla in some capacity. So I was yes. like, okay. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy this podcast, consider listening to our other episodes. They're all fun. Be sure to rate and review our podcast. Tell a friend. Uh, listen to all of our stuff at fanbyte.com podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fanbyte media, Instagram at fanbyte, TikTok uh, on at fanbyte, and of course fanbyte.com. If you want to follow us individually, I'm at uh, Nanda Prachis under P R E T S underscore on Twitter. Where are you, Danielle? At Danielle R.I. And LB. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hunters. Yes, and you can also watch our streams on twitch.tv slash uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Spielberg, for this movie. That was cool. Thank <laughs> you to our amazing producer, Paul City Hands Tamayo. Um, <laughs> that is it. Hope you enjoy this. We will see you all next week. And in the meantime, You'll love to see it. <laughs>